Hey, open your Bibles to the books of Proverbs. Proverbs, it'll also be on the screen. We're in Proverbs chapter 4 tonight. It's good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. If you, if you drove here, just raise your hand. Just raise it up high. Maggie and Taylor are new to your group as of to, well, no. When was y'all's birthday? It was, yeah, it was April 1st. That's right. Look at you guys. Not April Fool's. It's real. It's actually real. Are we recording? Are we good to go? DJ Paul, you're the man. Okay, Proverbs 4. Paul, you can turn off the next to last one, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we're in Proverbs 4. So usually what we've been doing over the last several weeks is we've been going through the book of Proverbs, and myself or Brian will pick. Let's just give it up for Brian this, this semester. Bring in the heat. Bring in the heat, taking us to the temple uh, every single time. So we, we pick a chapter, but one of the things that I want to do is take some well-known Proverbs, like just individual little verses in Proverbs that you guys know, and I had like five listed, and I was just going to go through them all tonight. And after studying enough for one, I had 11 pages for one of them. So we're just going to do one tonight. So it's one that you guys all know. It's a super popular one. It's a, it's a kids' church gold record Proverbs 4, you're all good, Jackson. Thanks, buddy. Proverbs 4, Jackson, you keep singing like that. You can walk wherever you want, buddy. Proverbs 4, 20, thank you, Maggie. Proverbs 4, 23, 4, 23 says this, says this, okay? And, and your version may be a little bit different. We're gonna go through both, but pro, bless you. Proverbs 4, 23 says this, says this. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it, flow the springs of life. Or some of your versions may say, above all else, guard your heart, right? Above all else, guard your heart. So this is kind of a blast from the past for me. This, is, this was like the Instagram Bible verse of my generation, okay? When I was in high school, this was like the one that some like pretty white girl would take a selfie, right, with like her makeup, like good to go, and she would put, a, like she would be like cooking waffles or like whatever, like sitting on the front porch, and she would take a picture of herself, and the caption would be this verse, and it would be like, it would be like, above all else, guard your heart, and I would be like, what do waffles have to do with, but like, that's cool, like that's your life, and that's so, I respect it, but, but that's like, and that's cool. Like if you want to take a selfie and put a Bible verse in there, there are way worse things that you can make as your caption. So that's cool. Like make a Bible verse. But this is all that that verse was used for. It was guard your heart, right? Don't let your heart get broken. Uh, you can accomplish all things through Christ in the weight room who gives you strength, right? And don't let your heart get broken. Guard it, right? That was like, that was what my generation was all about, right? Don't give yourself, th this verse basically was kind of taken and, Americanized to mean don't give your, you know, guard your heart, right? Don't give yourself to someone who's going to take advantage of you and then leave you to go date somebody else, right? Like if Taylor Swift and like Olivia Rodrigo on the back of their CD could put one Bible verse, it would be this Bible verse. Does that make sense? Like this is where it would all fit in, right? Oh, Ryan, you're so relevant. I just can't get over it. Okay. So, but this, the thing about this verse though, the thing about this verse is, it's not about dating, okay? This verse is not about dating, but that's the thing too is 
It's kind of about dating, but it's about way more than that, okay? It's about way more than that. So here's how this works. Proverbs chapter 4, and you you probably see it in your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 4 breaks down into three different sections, okay? And it's spaced out like that, okay? 1 through 9, 10 through 19, and then 20 through 27 is the last section of Proverbs chapter 4. Does that make sense? Proverbs chapter 4, three sections. This verse is in our last section. Now, here's our first main point of the night for note taker, miracle worker, right? First main point of the night is this. Verses 20 through 27, verses 20 through 27 are less about data and knowledge and more about habits of obedience. This section that we're going to look at tonight, does that make sense? Verses 20 through 27 are less about data and knowledge and more about habits and obedience. It's not so much, verses 20 through 27 are not so much about what you're learning, but what you do once you've learned it. Does that make sense? It's not so much about what you're learning. That was the first 19 verses. It's not so much about what you're learning, but what you do once you've learned it. He's not so much telling you what to do with, or excuse me, he's not so much telling you the words as he is telling you what to do with the words. Does that make sense? What to do with, look at Proverbs chapter four, verses 20 through 21, and it'll be right here. Proverbs four, 20 through 21. My son, first of all, my son, he's writing to a young person, a youth like you guys, right? He's writing, Proverbs is meant for young, I mean, it's meant for everybody. Don't be like, oh, you can't read it, Grandma. But like, it's meant for everybody, but it's specifically geared towards students, right? So my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Notice, he doesn't tell you what the words are. He's telling you what to do with them. Does that make sense? You're to listen to them to keep them, do not let them out of your sight. In other words, he's not really telling you the teaching here, he's telling you to take the teaching and use it. Does that make sense? He's not telling you the teaching here. He's telling you to take the teaching and use it, which is huge because in our culture, we're so obsessed with knowing because it gives us an excuse to never do anything with it. And here's what we're trying to say here. It is not, this, before we even get into the verse, it is not enough just to learn something. It has to be lived out. It's not just enough to learn something. It has to be lived out. This is something that we have to be very careful of because in church world, so many kids, so many times we think kids are saved because they get it. We think that kids have become Christians because they understand it mentally. Now, learning is important, but according to verses 20 through 27, you've not truly learned it until you've lived it out. Does that make sense? You haven't truly learned it until you've lived it out. Learning is important, but here's what's more important. If you're a farmer, just whatever, I don't know. If you're a farmer and I teach you how to plant apples and oranges and I'm like, okay, very specific farm. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you in two years. I've taught you how to do it. You know how to do it, how to plant apples and oranges. 
I'll see you in two years. And I come back in two years and all your fields are empty and bare and nothing has grown. And I'll say, where, where are the apples and the oranges? Where are they? And you say, oh, it's cool. I know how to plant those. Okay, I know you know what to do, but where is the fruit? And in the same way, oh, he's a Christian. He knows all about Jesus' resurrection. He knows. He, he gets it. James chapter 2, so do the demons. I know you know, but where's the fruit? Does that make sense? It's not just, and this is what Solomon's telling us here in 20 through 27. It's not just about your knowledge. Wisdom is living that out. Proverbs is about wisdom, and we've been learning about wisdom all semester, but one of the key aspects of wisdom is this, and it's our next point. Wisdom is not just known, it is lived. Wisdom is not just known, it is lived, which is why he spends those two verses not telling you the teaching, but telling you what to do with it. Does that make sense? By giving you a car and you just sit in your garage and you're like, this is awesome. It's not awesome. You're sitting in your, like, you got to use it, right? Or do you even really have one? Does that make sense? Do you even have a car if you don't really drive? Whoa. Like, that's, that's what it is. Like, do you actually, I know what Jesus teaches. I know that Jesus has risen from the dead. But your faith is still in the garage. Does that make sense? Whew, right? Come on, baby. Come on. Like, that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, though. Does that make sense, though? Knowledge has to be lived so that it can become wisdom. And this is what I want for you guys. This is what, and again, Solomon's writing to a, his teenage son, his, his student, live this out. Don't, become, don't just become obsessed with learning it. Live what I'm teaching you. Are we living it out? Proverbs 4, it'll be on the board. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. My son, now we're going to put it all together, right? My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Here it is. Keep your heart or guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Again, the NIV might be more familiar to you. Above all else, guard your heart. Now listen, above all else, guard your heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Wisdom is not just known, it is lived. It's not just about head knowledge. It's not just about how much you know about Jesus, how many Christian songs you know, how many Bible verses you know. You know how I know that? Because the Bible just said the key to being wise is guarding your heart, not your mind. The key to being wise is guarding your heart, not your mind. In our culture, the mind and the heart are two different things. My brain is fighting my heart. Oh, I don't know what to do. But the Bible doesn't teach this. Because listen, the mind will do whatever the heart wants. Does that make sense? 
the mind will do whatever the heart wants. If your heart is thinking angry, is, is, if your heart is angry at someone, your mind will fill your will fill yourself with that anger, right? Angry thoughts about that person. The mind will do whatever the heart wants. Your mind will make excuses for whatever your heart wants. Let me give you an example. Not that this happened to any of you. You, all right, you shouldn't date him, girl. You shouldn't date him. He's a bad person. Here's a book that I wrote about what a bad person, here's his arrest record right here. Here it is, okay? You shouldn't date him. He's a bad person. The next line, yeah, I know, but no, what? what? Your, your mind, see, your heart desires something, so your mind starts to make excuses. My man, you should not date her. She crazy. You know she crazy, right? Everybody knows she crazy. Yeah, but guys, you don't, you don't see her the way, uh, okay, here we go. You know what I'm saying? Like, your, your mind makes excuses for, so I got struck a little close to home there. Your, your mind makes excuses. Your mind makes, listen, listen. Your mind makes excuses for whatever your heart wants. Listen, listen. You know pornography is bad. You know. You know that there are substances that will hurt your body if you take them. You know all these, I mean, I could just, you know, church kid rule after church kid rule. You know. The problem is not that you don't know. But your mind slips when your heart wants. Do you follow me? The Bible just said it's not just about what you know because your mind will make excuses for what your heart wants. Look at this next quote on the board because your mind has no strength compared to your heart. Here's what your heart is. Our heart is our physical, mental, spiritual, emotional center. Your heart is your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional center. In other words, let's take these one at a time. In other words, from your heart, your heart is the center of everything that you do, physical, everything that you think, mental. Isn't that interesting? Your mind is not the center of what you think. Your heart is. Everything that you worship, spiritual, and everything that you feel, Emotional. Your heart is your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional center. I'm going to lose some of you, and I'm going to gain some of you, and I'm at peace with that. You know in Star Wars Episode Four, right, where I, – it's okay. It's okay. I'm at peace with it. I'll do, I'll do another example later. You know in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope – where the death, where with the Death Star, they have to blow up the center of the Death Star. Like, if you hit this reactor, if this thing blows up, the whole thing blows up, right? The, so many of you guys are like, yes. Like, that's your heart. Does that make sense? For those of you who know what I'm talking about, does that make sense? And for those of you who don't, come on, guys. Like, it's so good. All right, that's your heart. Listen, listen, listen. Whatever happens to it happens to all of you. Whatever happens to your heart affects how you act, what you think, what you worship, what you feel. Whatever happens to your heart happens to every part of you. It all comes from your heart. Therefore, your heart must be guarded above all else. 
your heart must be guarded with all vigilance, ESV, above all else, NIV, above all else. Your heart must be guarded, everyone together, three words, your heart must be guarded above all else. Listen, your heart, listen to me, above all else, your heart must be protected more than your job. It is very dangerous for you to take job. Now listen, we all work hard. I get that. We all got jobs. We all got bosses that we can't do anything about. I understand that. I respect that. But listen to me. It is very, and, and hear it while you're young. It is dangerous for you to take jobs that require you to miss church all the time. It's not, oh, it's bad. No, it's dangerous. Because if you're supposed to guard your heart above all else, and your heart is not getting the medicine that it needs, it starts to die. Jobs that require you to work 90 hours a week or whatever. One of, let's, let's take it right here to home. One of the things we do, you guys see this announcement rotation all the time for the tech team, right? How many of y'all are on the tech team? Raise your hand. So a few of y'all, yeah, several of you guys are working on it. It's good. One of the things, listen, one of the things we do with our tech team, camera, sound, slides, whatever, at PVN is that, that one of the things that Bob and I agreed on is they are all on rotation, you will not work tech every week here if you're on tech. Why? Because working in the church is not more important than the Lord of the church. Working at the church is not more important than worshiping at the church. And it can slip so easily into you're busy doing so many things for God that you forget about God. Does that make sense? Anything that requires you to be away from the source too often is bad for your heart. Your heart must be protected more than your job. Your heart must be protected more than your athletics. Your heart must be protected more than your academics. Your heart must be protected more than your athletics. Your heart must be protected more than your academics. I'm coming after your AP classes just a little bit though. Not your teachers, so just chill out, but maybe a little bit. Listen, our academic, listen, let's talk to both. Let's do both. Are academics important? Yeah. There, some of you are like, no, and that's okay. Are academics important? Yeah, they are. Listen, my mom is a teacher. My dad is a teacher. My sister is a teacher. My wife is a teacher. Academics be paying my insurance bill. So yeah, academics are important. Listen, but remember, listen, yes, yes, academics are important. School is important, but listen to me. What did we just learn? The mind We'll only do whatever the heart wants it to. Your knowledge can be used to puff you up and make you arrogant, 1 Corinthians 8. Your knowledge can turn you into a clanging cymbal, just loud and taking up space all the time, 1 Corinthians 13. Listen, listen, knowledge is amazing. This is such a cool sentence. Knowledge is amazing, like it is. I love books. Thank you, Abby. I love books. Books are great. I'm not anti-academic, but I am anti-idolatry right? Your idolatry is like worshiping something other than God. And we're against that here at PV. I'm not ashamed to admit it. We're, yeah, right. That's right. That's right. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. We're against idolatry. Okay. Did you hear what Ryan said at PV? It was wild. It was crazy. Okay. So listen, listen, but this is so important. Like, again, it's not about like, you can't, like, don't go home and be like, Ryan says I can't do homework anymore. I have to just read my, like, sorry, no. I know, I know right? Yeah. And next, week, and next week we have like 90 kids here or whatever. So look, look, but the point is, the point is, the point is like, 
Your heart must be protected more than your academics. Your heart must be protected more than your athletics. Listen, don't sacrifice your soul on the altar of academics where you get a smooth path to college, but your path to the Lord has lost its way. Don't sacrifice your heart on the altar of academics where you have a smooth path to college. It's good to have a smooth path to college, but not at the expense of your path to Christ. Because the worst thing you can possibly have when you go to college is an unclear view of who Jesus Christ is. Athletics, same thing. Listen, I played three sports in high school. Humble brag, whatever, get over it. Like, but, and I feel you. But athletic skill without a Christian anchor is a recipe for disaster. Athletic skill. Talk about getting puffed up with arrogance. Athletic skill without a Christian anchor anchor is a recipe for disaster. I feel so bad for you guys because I look at professional, I love pro sports, and I have no idea who your role model should be there anymore. Like no, like no idea. Because you guys are being fed a lie that if you succeed, it's going to solve everything. Have any, it's okay if you haven't. If you ever get a chance to watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan documentary, dude won six NBA championships and he and all his friends are in their 60s now and they hate each other. They absolutely hate each other because this is where nonstop athletic drive gets you at the end of the day. Athletics are awesome, athletics are important, athletics are healthy, but they are not God. Your heart must be protected more than your athletics. Your heart must be protected more than your academics. Your heart must be protected more than your dating relationships and your friendships. Your heart must be protected more than your dating relationships and your friendships. I cannot, and here's here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna say this, and like a quarter of you are gonna believe me, and some of you aren't gonna buy it, and you're gonna be the ones that it happens to. I cannot tell you how many students I have watched in late high school or college or as adults who love the Lord until they meet somebody who doesn't. And they get together with them and they're gone. True friendships, true marriages help you grow in the Lord. They don't pull you away from him. True friendships, true relationships draw you closer to the Lord. They don't pull you away from him. Above all else, guard your heart. Does that make sense? With constant vigilance, guard your heart for, next part of that verse, above all else, guard your heart. Can you put the verse back up, Brian? I'm sorry, I led you astray. Keep your heart with all vigilance for, you see that? For or because from it, flow the springs of life. Another translation says it guards your outgoings in all of life. Again, everything comes from your heart, which is why it needs to be not just guarded, but tended. Look at that word in verse 23. Guard, keep, or watch over, whatever it says in your version, right? This word in Hebrew means to tend or care for. Now, guarding something is part of taking care of it. Does that make sense? But it's more than that. It's like a garden. Listen, here's the next point coming up on the board. To watch or keep the heart implies regulating it or directing it, not just protecting it. Let me read it again. 
to watch or keep, so guard your heart. Okay, what does that mean? Am I supposed to wear like iron, like a, like a, like a Kevlar all the time? Like what am I supposed to do? To watch or keep the heart implies regulating it and directing it, not just protecting it. To guard your heart here does not mean to keep it locked in a box. If you take a living thing and you keep it locked in a box forever, what will happen to it? It will die. It will die. The, listen to me. The heart cannot just be protected. It has to be fed. Your heart cannot just be protected. It has to be fed. We are built to worship. Whatever your heart finds, it will worship. So, listen to me. So many students in church have a dead heart locked inside a church kid box. It's a dead heart that is locked inside of this church kid box. Well-behaved kids, good kids who, who I love, who know nothing and care nothing about Jesus. That, that church kid, they're well-behaved, grades are solid, do your, and those things are great, but they care nothing about Jesus. Kids who would fit in, like on the Andy Griffiths, like perfect, like the perfect kids, who, good kids who care nothing about Jesus. And we honestly think that that's okay. A lot of parents think that's okay. As long as their heart is protected in this good kid box, but this word, guard your heart, this word doesn't just mean protected, it means cared for. Are you taking steps to care for your heart? Being in church, being repeatedly told about Jesus' love and shown Jesus' love week in and week out. And this sounds so like, oh, here comes the church thing again. But golly, so few do it. Repeatedly being exposed to the word of God. Remember the parable of the soils in Matthew 13? The sower throws out the seeds onto the soil. Some of it lands on rocks. Some of it lands on good soil. Some of it lands on hard soil. Listen, the soil of your heart becomes too hard if it's left out in the cold for too long. And so then when you come here, it doesn't get anywhere. It doesn't, the word doesn't do anything because you're, the soil of your heart is rock solid and it doesn't work anymore. By repeatedly exposing your heart to the gospel, it's like having rain fall on the ground of your heart once a week. Keeping that soil soft so that you're ready to listen. Repeatedly trusting Jesus every week. I'm not just talking about church attendance anymore. Repeatedly trusting Jesus every week. Well, what does that look like though? Like you're just supposed to like stand in school and like in the hall, like no. Repeatedly placing, listen, repeatedly placing more faith in Jesus than whatever else is in your life repeatedly placing more faith in Jesus than in the person you're dating. Meaning that they don't come between you and the Lord in your habits, in your quiet time, whatever it is. Repeatedly placing more faith in Jesus than in your academics. Repeatedly placing more faith in Jesus than in athletics. And I know, listen, I know some of this is out of your control. And sometimes you just can't make it work. Like sometimes a test just happens, and I get it. Sometimes practice just comes up. Sometimes the game gets scheduled or rescheduled, and I get that. I get that. Don't think I'm going to be like, oh, he's gone again. Like, no, relax. But listen to me. How 
often is that happening to you? Are you missing several Wednesdays and Sundays in a row? Are you missing several days of quiet time in a row? It might be time to sit down with mom and dad and reassess some of this stuff. And man, talk about getting some points. If you tell tell your parents that you are worried about your academics and athletics because you think it's coming in the way of your relationship with Jesus, get ready for like your dad to just like give you money to be, to be so proud of you. Mom's gonna cry and be so happy. Like, you're you gonna win. It's, it's not gonna be a bad conversation. Like, but for some of you, maybe it's time to do that. And you know better than me to reassess what's going on in your life. Last couple, replace it, repeat, repeatedly placing more faith in Jesus than in your money. Repeatedly placing more faith in Jesus than in your money. How do you do that though? Like, do you look at your money and you're like, I don't worship you. Like, no, relax, don't freak anybody out. Like, this is, but by, by, how do we do that? By giving it. How do you place more faith in Jesus than in money? By giving away your money. By spending less, maybe, in a month so that you can give more. Reading the Bible on your own. Repeatedly reminding yourself of God's faithfulness. Dating the right people, being friends with people who help draw you closer to Christ than away from him. These are the ways that we guard our heart. And last thing, the Bible also tells us in Jeremiah, though, that your heart is deceitful and that my heart is wicked. So sometimes, listen, sometimes our hearts don't want to be guarded. Sometimes we don't want to guard our own hearts. We want to get out there. So the key thing here is, We need Jesus to change our hearts. We need Jesus to change our hearts so that wanting to guard our hearts becomes an attractive thing that we want to do, not a boring thing that we have to do. And this is why we want to teach you guys the Bible every week here, to keep tilling up this soil in your heart. So that my hope and my prayer for you guys is that this stuff won't just be robotic obedience, but that you will want to protect your heart. You will want to give your heart to the Lord. And that's our prayer.